0: You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. This is Ben Wolf, your host. I'm happy to welcome my guest today, who is going to be speaking about how to align your business and personal goals. I remind everybody here to pause for a second, subscribe, leave a review, follow, star, like, whatever it is that it allows you to do on the platform on which you are watching or listening to this. Please do that. It definitely helps get the content that we're sharing here out to more people, more business owners. And uh, with that, I want to get into introducing our guest today, who is the founder and CEO of Altru Vista, a wealth management firm based in Houston, Texas, focused on aligning people's business and life goals. Uh, He is a sought-after keynote speaker, and I heard and enjoyed his keynote address at the EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System Conference, back in April in Houston. It was a pleasure to have heard him speak there, and it's a pleasure to have him on the podcast today. He is also the author of the upcoming book, The Business Owner's Dilemma, Taking Control of the Mental Chatter, Clarify Your Ideal Future, and Enjoy the Success You've Earned. You can find out more about him at alinasser.com, that's N-A-S-S-E-R.com. And with that, I give you Ali Nasser. Welcome.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here. Appreciate the kind introduction.
0: Well, and I, I do appreciate you making the time to join us today. It's definitely a huge pleasure and an honor for me, again, having enjoyed your keynote especially. Uh, but for the audience pe- people and, and those out there who are or are not familiar with uh, with your work already, if you could please give like a quick two-minute background on like where you came from, how you came to be speaking about some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today.
1: Sure, sure. I appreciate the, uh, the question. So I got started in, about 20 years ago, got started in the financial services industry by accident. I had no intention of necessarily going there. And um, I fell in love with the aspect of really helping people. And that was kind of a core reason why I, I continued to stay in the industry and had a lot of fun being able to solve problems and help people kind of create a better future. And I saw there was a big issue, a big gap in the traditional model of financial services. And people really needed, business owners really needed guidance and consulting and strategy. And the marketplace was very much, you know, product solutions and mm. kind of very transactional in nature. Mm. So seeing this gap, I uh, started evolving my business into a consulting and planning practice. And that naturally evolved towards entrepreneurs with me being just uh, an entrepreneur myself. I tended to attract more and more entrepreneurs. And then the whole business became this entrepreneurial focused um, uh, wealth advisory firm that's turned more into a family CFO than it is your traditional financial services mm. provider. Okay. And about seven years ago, I had a, a kind of an epiphany moment in my in my career. and I had several business owners that had reached what I would consider the summit of the entrepreneurial journey you know they had built their company up and had these big exits 50 million 100 million 500 million close to billion dollar exits from their company you know kind of sold sold the company and i noticed a lot of them after they had had that exit that they weren't fulfilled they didn't have it wasn't the glorious outcome that they had dreamt of and many of them hadn't prepared for the life after Many of them had been so consumed with their business life when they built everything that they didn't really have uh, their, their right path forward. Mm. And all the work that they had done to accomplish a goal, they weren't able to enjoy that um, in their lives because of some of the dilemmas they were facing, because of uh, having to constantly continue growth and not having a plan. And the best analogy I could give you is it's kind of like mountain climbing um when you're mountain climbing you'd ask yourself what's the goal of mountain climbing and most would say well to get to the top in reality the real goal is to get to the top and to get back down safely so you can celebrate the success and enjoy the journey Mm -hmm. the interesting statistic is 80 percent of the accidents that happen in mountain climbing they don't happen on the way up they happen on the way down okay and it's similar for a lot of these business owners we get so focused on on reaching our summit that we don't think about the entire picture of the journey back down. A lot of times we get to the summit, we don't have a plan for what comes next. Hmm. And I think that intersects with business planning, life planning, wealth planning, and kind of giving um, perspective to owners on how do, how do you bring it all together? And how do you address the, the dilemmas? How do you prevent yourself from being one of these individuals that reaches the summit, but isn't able to have the fulfillment uh, that they were looking for? So that was the the experience that really led me to go, how can I, the work that we're doing really impacted these business owners in a positive way. Mm-hmm. How can I expand that work and democratize that work and share it with the entire entrepreneurial community? And that was the, the goal behind writing the business owner's dilemma and also further expanding the work that we do for entrepreneurs and wealth and life coaching.
0: Right. Well, uh, obviously, a good, a good introduction to, 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 to the next question, which I was going to ask, okay, you, you call the book The Business Owner's Dilemma. You referenced that here. I think you talk about three basic
1: dilemmas. So what, what does that mean? What are the business owner's dilemmas? Okay, So what I've found, um, spending almost two, two decades advising entrepreneurs, is when it comes to their financial and life dilemmas, um, as it relates to the intersection of, of wealth and life, That 90% of the real estate that that thinks about this uh, surrounds three key dilemmas. Uh, The first dilemma is a reinvestment dilemma, which is I've I've been successful with my company. I've made great profits. I've grown it. But do I take my profits from the company and reinvest it back in the business? Do I put it in real estate? Do I put it in the market? Do I put it in private equity and cash? Um, in crypto? What's the appropriate place for me to reinvest the capital and the returns that I've made in my company? That's the first dilemma. Second dilemma is the legacy dilemma, which what is it all for? What I've built, is it for my children? Is it for charity? Is it for my ego? Is it for fun? Will the wealth that I've built enable and, and empower my children or will it entitle my children? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is it all for and what's that purpose behind it all, especially if you have more than you'll ever use yourself, right? So that's the second major dilemma, the legacy dilemma. And then the third dilemma is the exit dilemma. Should I scale the company? Should I sell the business? Do I transition it to my son or daughter? Do I sell it to my executive team? When should I sell it for how much? Like, what is the best exit strategy I have for my company? So that's the exit dilemma. So between the reinvestment, the legacy and the exit dilemma, I found that 90% of the thoughts swimming around wealth and life planning for business owners connect to one of these three dilemmas. Um, and, and those are the, those are the three dilemmas.
0: Right. No, I, I appreciate that. It's funny, the legacy dilemma reminds me of a friend of mine who, who did, he built a business where he made more and it was worth way more than, you know, he could ever use. And and he he was very worried about like his children, like you know what happens to a person who will only work and develop themselves into a productive person, like because a lot of people if you don't have to, because it's a lot of work to develop yourself into be a productive person, right? It's a lot of work. It takes years of preparation and schooling or whatever you end up doing. There's all kinds of ways, but you know he was really concerned that like if his children know that they don't have to do that because they're basically independently wealthy from birth or from young childhood, then what, then he's super worried that his children are not going to be productive humans. Much worse than what you, you know, you want, yet you have so much, and yet your children now become, have less as people, human beings. That's a great Um, story. But, you know, then I would love to hear some of your stories. I mean, and, I think you're and spot And like, where on. do people, like, what's that? Before people, I want to ask you two things, really. So maybe I'll just ask both now. One is like, okay, as a wealth advisory firm or whatever, like, how do you get involved? Those are very personal decisions. It really depends on the person. <laughs> so how do you get involved and help people with those kinds of dilemmas? Because it really just depends what they want. There's no right answer on a lot of those things. Yeah. And so the one's how you help them and, or how do you get them to a place of clarity on that? And then obviously then help them execute on whatever. That, the part about executing, I get more, but how do you help them get clarity on it? And the other, you know, and also just to understand some stories or examples of people who have had these dilemmas before you ever met with them, what was going on with them
1: not having solutions to these dilemmas? Yeah, wow. Lots of great questions in there. So the, the first you, thing you, you mentioned is great. No, it's, it's wonderful. I think it, it allows me to be holistic with, with the approach. I think what you mentioned about your friend having real concerns about you know, are my children going to be contributing members of society when they were born independently wealthy? It's a really valid concern. You know, someone once said to me that necessity is the ultimate driver of performance. And I, I always stuck with me, you know, necessity is that driver. If you don't have necessity, how are you driving? And so many entrepreneurs that you and I know came from nothing and they hustled because they had to. Then
0: right. how disappointed, right? When their kids are yeah. not hustling?
1: right, right. It's, and and it's you can i can probably count on one hand how many trust fund babies i've ever seen that are just incredibly ambitious passionate you know people in their professional lives it's not it's not that common it happens but it's not that common um so i, I really appreciate you saying that i think that's a core part of of a legacy dilemma especially for a self-made business owner that is like i did this myself and am i am i really setting my children up for for the best success With respect to how to approach it or how how do we even um, help people with this, you nailed it when you said it's really about what they want. And the reality is, is if we all knew what we wanted, everything in life would be a whole lot easier. And for many of us, we get so consumed with the things we have to do in life or the commitments that we have in life. And let's just take the, the classic example of a business owner. Their mental energy, their emotional energy, a lot of times surrounds around their business. And then the next priority may be, you know, um, how are they spending their time, family time, whatnot. I mean, family is always more important. Um, I shouldn't say always more important. Family is more important than business. But a lot of times, time-wise, business takes the greater amount of time. Right. And taking the time to really think about what you want and why you want it is something that is often put on the back burner. And I think for most business owners, they've probably spent more time evaluating what the company core values are than they ever have evaluating what them and their spouse's core values are or what their family core values are, especially for successful entrepreneurs, because it's been business focused, business retreat, business plan. And, and the first step in, in any of this is really determining what it is you want. What does success look like for the family? What does success look like for your wealth? Is it really all about maximizing the dollars to your children and minimizing tax? I would argue people may say that. In reality, it's a lot more. You know, people want their children to be good stewards of their wealth. People want to feel like their wealth made a positive impact in the world. But when you're always on the treadmill every day, business, 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 and you don't take the time to really be intentional about your plans for your wealth and your legacy and your life, a lot of times you just keep going with the plan you have and that intentionality never, never kicks in. And I think the first step is what is your intentional goal? What is the intentional outcome that you want? And we always think about return on investment one of the concepts I talk about a lot in the book is going from not just return on investment, but return on life experience. What do you really want your life to look like? What do you want your impact to be to your family, to social causes, to your community, like beyond just business? What is the life experience you want? So it all starts from there. Once once there's a clear vision on what someone wants, it's so much easier to do planning. But the reality is most individuals, when they think about doing planning, it's like, I'm going to go see an attorney. I'm going to go see a financial advisor. I'm going to go see a CPA and they'll plan my wealth. But more of that is very transactional. Someone's managing your money. Someone's doing a tax return and someone's drafting a document. No one's looking at it to say, what's the architecture behind what you want? What's your vision and your values? And where is this all going? And most business owners won't prioritize that on their own. So that tends to be the big gap. It's a gap in in intentionality uh, and a gap in vision. How do
0: you help people bridge that gap? I mean again, may, people may think of you outwardly I see what you say on your website, but people you know may you know altravista.com I think but how how do you how do you help people bridge that gap?
1: yeah because they may so, think of you as a
0: wealth management firm. I know you mentioned coaching before, so I don't know if that, that's what yeah
1: and about. I appreciate I, you saying that mm-hmm. yeah. No, sorry. Do you mean to jump in there? You said it just right. They they assume you're a wealth management firm, and and I think that 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 term has a connotation of oh, you manage money. Well, money management's one component of a much larger picture. Uh, there's six components within entrepreneurial wealth that every business owner uh, needs to address, and that's the first is having an exit strategy. Uh, next is lifestyle and legacy. What you need for yourself. What you need for your legacy. Then there's a, um, a strategic tax plan to kind of bring all the pieces together to be tax effective. A balance sheet strategy, how you're investing in your company and all the other major asset classes in the way that fits for you. Liquidity and cash flow what's coming in, what's going out, what's the, the liquidity strategy behind all of that? Um, and bringing all those components together uh, is what creates kind of the solve uh, for the dilemmas. And 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 bringing this. Oh, excuse me, I forgot one component. The sixth component is asset protection strategy. So bringing all those six things together with your vision is what really solves for the dilemmas in the appropriate way. So with w- there's two sides to our or to my businesses, I should say. The first is Ultra Vista, which Altravista for for I think we're 12, 13 years old now. We've been a pr- the premier boutique for. Uh, successful business owners to navigate wealth and life planning. And we've got a wealth with purpose planning process that helps an owner really crystallize their goals, get coaching and education on paradigm shifts that they may need uh, and take them through a planning process that integrates their advisor team, their tax and legal advisors, integrates their, um, their plans and kind of turnkey process to get them from A to Z. And that's what, that's what we do at UltraVista. And, and that's what our team uh, kind of takes our clients through. The second aspect is a new company that, that is being launched along with the book. And that name name of that company is the Wealth Integration System for Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned earlier, my goal was to democratize what we did as a boutique and the value we created for really successful business owners in a boutique format and really just spread that knowledge to the world. So the wealth integration system for entrepreneurs is a new company, and it is a wealth and life coaching company. So it doesn't manage money, it doesn't provide any financial services, it's, it's not a advisory firm, it's an education, wealth and life coaching company. So essentially in that format. Um, If you imagine like a a group, a CEO group, whether it's like a strategic coach session or a Vistage or a YPO, a group-based format with business owners facing similar dilemmas, similar life challenges, Mm -hmm. learning about the key concepts, tools, and educational pieces that can help them think better, think more intentionally. So one workshop might be the legacy dilemma where there's 20 business owners in the room that are all facing key issues with the legacy dilemma, and they can address key content uh, relating to that topic, hear experience share from other business owners that are in different phases of the dilemma, and essentially provide a pathway for them to get really clear about what they want, why they want it. So then that clarity can then be transferred over to their planning. So it's really the world's first wealth and life educational and coaching company for entrepreneurs. So it's a brand new concept. It's something I've been working on for several years, uh, working with beta group members on. And when the book launches on February 22nd, uh, we'll also be launching uh, the workshop and education program for, for business owners in conjunction with the book and following the book. So that's the way that owners that are like, I, how do I get this coaching and input? And and paradigm shift in many ways, because there's key areas where business owners really get stuck in in an old mindset, and they're not able to refresh very easily. And I'm happy to cover those if you like. Um, But those key areas, these workshops will provide that, but independent of any type of financial service offering. It's truly an independent uh, education company. So those are the two ways that that owners can get that. right. Okay, so
0: uh, so maybe if we can if we have time to cover at least one of those paradigm shift examples, um, but first, if you have any, either from your own personal experience or from maybe any of your clients or people you've worked with, examples or stories of people who've, you know, like I guess what happened from that lack of clarity about one of those dilemmas to you know to what they did afterwards, like an example, so people can see themselves basically in the current situation. And how that
1: was sure. bridged. Sure, do you have any, pre- I can give you an example on any of the three dilemmas? Any preference, <clears throat> reinvestment, legacy, or exit? Um, I can share um, a story on uh, anyone. What What do you think you your audience would be most or, interesting? Or in? legacy,
0: you know, you
1: could choose either or. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start with the, uh, the, the um, I'll do the legacy dilemma. Um, and this kind of can tie a little bit to to exit as well, but really legacy dilemma. So we had um, one client of ours who uh, planning planning wise like I'm all buttoned up. Um, you know, I've I've got my trust together, I've got my wills together, I've got my financial planning like everything everything's going great. And a uh, small business owner, or should say mid-sized business owner, and married. He's got one of his kids in the business, three of his kids that are not in the business. And his daughter that works in the company with him, um, and her name in the book is Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca kind of runs the company. She's like the integrator, the VP of operations mm-hmm. type of role. And dad is the CEO, and mom kind of loves real estate, and she works in the, in the real estate business and rental properties. So I said, cool, I'm glad you're all buttoned up but his, name's, his name in the book is Mark. So Mark, um, what's, your, what's your plan for exiting the business? Like who, who takes over? Who's the successor of the company? And he proceeds to tell me, well, my will, it says that if I pass away, everything goes to my wife. And then if my wife passes away, it's split between our four kids. So I've already got a plan there. I said, hold on, let me just understand this here. So your daughter that runs the business, that knows the company, do you feel do you feel comfortable she can who's running the company when you go away? She's like, oh well, Rebecca is. And Cindy, his wife, looks at him and says, well, yeah, Rebecca's going to run the company. So she should have, she should have control to run the company, right? Well, yeah, in, in concept. Okay. Well, right now, if you pass away, your wealth goes to your spouse who's not interested in the company and is interested in real estate. And then when she passes away, it goes split between four kids with one of the four kids that is should be running the business, having no control and actually having a minority share. Do you see the challenge here, the issue here? And then they've all four got spouses that are like, "Oh, you own 25% of a company worth $50 million. Do you think they're gonna have an opinion? And in a moment, five minute conversation, all the thoughts are running through his head and he's realizing the one person that has the ability to run this company, I know you know the EOS world, right? The person that would be the, the boss Um, and the successor for the company has no control. And then you've got potentially three to four people that might have financial dependencies on the company that have a conflict of interest with the owner. So this led to him really breaking out goals. Okay, well, that's for a second. Well, I have this, I have this. Let's forget everything you have documented. What do you want? Because I don't care what your legal document says right now, because we can always... Put put it in a shredder and, uh, and make a new one. What do you want? And he said, look, I want my wife, Cindy, to have financial independence, never having to worry about the company being her source of income. I want my daughter, Rebecca, to have control over the company. And this happened over a period of months, but I want my daughter, Rebecca, to have control. And I want my three other children to participate in ownership in the company, but not have management control, not be able to outdo Rebecca and have the option of selling their stock or keeping their stock. But they're stockholders that don't get a salary, don't get income. Rebecca is also a stockholder in addition to her working in the company. And then we finally determined after several months of this, his dad wanted to watch the plan happen. So rather than doing it when he passed away, we started the planning now Mm -hmm. where Rebecca stepped into those shoes immediately and dad was able to be kind of chairman, quasi-CEO, but really Rebecca was the the president of the company. What happened here is there was a financial independence plan laid out for Cindy with her real estate and, and, and he sold some stock of his own to Rebecca that she paid back over time. And then his other children got the message directly from dad and mom that you're all shareholders in this company. You're all getting 25%, but Rebecca runs the company. She calls the shots. She's, and if you don't like the way she's running the company, you are going to get an option to sell your stock if you want to, but she's got to be able to run this business as a business. And transformative difference in okay. exit and succession plan from that. But if you looked at it on the surface, what's all set? I've got Will's done. I've got a right. great it just sounds all but when you really dig deep uh, a lot of times those those button they're all they're not all buttoned up and there's a lot of things that got pushed aside for sit for the sake of simplicity or speed
0: right yeah that's a great story a great example see why you put it in the book it's a good, it's a good <laughs> story but maybe what maybe one last thing if we can if you can give us an example of one of
1: those paradigm shifts we were talking about earlier
0: paradigm shifts yeah, paradigm shifts. You were talking about. Yeah, if you can Give one of those yeah. examples.
1: Sure, sure. I'll, I'll I'll hit at the jugular here with a with one that that um, I notice so often with entrepreneurs. So we all have um, a paradigm of money, and the example I can give you here is that if you think back to your earliest memory of money, and Ben, if you don't mind sharing it, I might just call on you right now.
0: My but, earliest memory of yeah,
1: money. What's your earliest memory of money? I've never thought of that before. I don't know. Perfect. Perfect. I'll share mine with you. I'll share mine with you. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I I, I can't even. So for me, uh, there's I know one. I know one.
0: Okay. Beautiful.
1: Beautiful. I got one.
0: My, my, my father wanted me to go off the high diving board of the pool. when I was like, I don't even know five or six. Mm -hmm. And he told me, and I was like, I went up there, but I, I came down again scared it's like mr bean in that sketch on the high diving board and like i was scared and i didn't want to go and he told me i will pay you i don't even remember like a dollar if you go off the high diving board and i was like no i I can't do it And he he upped it to five dollars it was like probably 1981 something like that I was like, he upped it to $5. He upped it to $10, 1981 money. I don't know. That's probably 50 bucks or something. I don't know. It's why. big dollars. Yeah. So like, and I, I I was like, I, I, I didn't do it and I never did it. I mean, even years later I did it, but like, I, I didn't do it that day. I don't know if
1: that's a good example, but that's, that's my earliest memory of money. There, there's no good or bad. It's, it's just <laughs> what your, what your experiences are. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, for me, it was my mom telling me don't waste paper towels because they're expensive mm. and make sure you turn the lights off in the room when you leave the room because electricity is expensive. And then I remember going to the bank with my cousin and he withdrew interest on his account. And I was like, withdrawing interest on your account, you got free money um, for just putting your money in a bank. Right. And those were the two kind of early memories of money. Mm. The, the And the more I think over the next 24 hours, now that I've asked this question, your brain will probably be thinking about other early memories of money. Mm -hmm. So what happens with many entrepreneurs is we have a paradigm formed based on this early memory of money or memories of money. And then that paradigm gets compounded with our life experiences with money, how successful we were investing in business or unsuccessful or, you know, good, bad, ugly, all gets compounded on these, on these memories. And, Similar to what Stephen Covey talks about in The Seven Habits, you form a paradigm, and you have a paradigm around money. For many entrepreneurs, their paradigm of money early on in life was where they had to, they didn't have enough, and they either needed to get more so they could get what they wanted or what they needed, and they had to somehow kind of put on put on the put on the force towards I got to build something. And there's a sense of necessity. Not always, sometimes it's accomplishment. Sometimes someone just really wants to shine. Sometimes someone's expecting something of you. But what's that? The gap, not the gain. Yeah. Um, So a lot of the, the efforts get put toward building. What ends up happening is a business owner starts building. And is a million enough? Is 10 million enough? Is 100 million enough? Is a billion enough? Um, Someone once said to me, he's like, I I was hanging out at a get together at a party at at, uh, Jeff Bezos was there. And he said, he was watching Jeff Bezos the entire time. He said he had his arms folded. He was standing in the corner of the party. He goes, there's one thing I realized that I'll have that Jeff Bezos will never have. I was like, what's that? He said, enough. I have enough. I don't think he'll ever have enough. Just talking to him or interacting with him, I don't think it's ever enough. There's always more. And, and look, I don't know Jeff Bezos, and I don't know the validity of whether he'll have enough or not. For all, I know he could be, be very satisfied with enough. But I do notice a lot of business owners, they hit great levels of success. And what they're unaware of is that you've reached a point where your current success gives you incredible optionality towards doing what you'd like to do for the life experience you truly want. And many business owners, they're stuck in a paradigm of, I've got to keep building, I've got to keep building, I've got to keep building. If I don't move forward, I go backwards. They don't
0: recognize when they've hit that stage.
1: Yes. And 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 they, they have a new normal or a new situation and they don't recognize that new normal. Because if for 30 years you've been on a treadmill and it's running at 10 miles an hour and you're running every day for 30 years, it's really hard to wake up one day and go, you don't have to run it at 10 miles an hour anymore. You could could stroll. Yeah. You could go down to three. You could choose to go to a bike. You could choose to take a walk. You could choose to swim. You had to run on the treadmill because you didn't have the resources you needed. You had to push, you had to grind, you had to go through the pain. And many of these business owners, they don't know how to assess what they have. I've met some that have sold their company and they've said, Ali, I don't know if I have a lake or a pond. That's a great question. Do you have a lake or a pond, right? How much... Do, do you need? And then others that they have all the resources to live their dream life and not be grinding 50, 60, 70 hours a week, not have the same stress, emotional and mental stress that they have, but they're unable to gain enough perspective over the current situation to know how to reorganize it in a way that creates not just a good return on investment, but a good return on life experience. Right. And that's, that's a big paradigm break that has to happen the right way because otherwise you meet someone who i've met people with a hundred million dollars that still feel like they're poor or still feel like there's not enough or still you feel like that, right.
0: you know. people don't even people don't even ask a question you know how if i could choose how do i want to spend my time yes we don't pause long enough we don't pause long enough to even ask that question right
1: and and, and our life experience is made up of how we spend our time who we are with and how we think. And if if you think about those things, they're they're controllable items. You know, how we spend our time is controllable. You know, how we think, we can control our thoughts and manage our thoughts and who we're with, we can control who we're with. So the collective of those three makes up our life experience. But how often are we really intentional about what we want that life experience to look like? And, And I would argue it's not enough.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's a great point and
0: a great point to conclude on in terms of aligning and going back to what you spoke about at the beginning in terms of aligning your business goals with your life goals is that you have to think you have to think or, or work with a coach or or talk or talk with a spouse or friend and, and think through uh, what what it is you want in your life and as you put it, return on life investment or return on your time.
1: Yeah, return on life experience.
0: Return mm-hmm. life experience. Thank you and uh so that's a great it's a it's a great point and you know the business owners dilemmas in terms of reinvestment legacy exit um obviously people can again learn more about you and, and what you're teaching about at ali nasser n-a-s-s-e-r.com and uh clearly check out your book the business owners dilemmas uh when it comes out in february which is pretty soon uh when this goes live and um I just really really appreciate you coming out coming
1: on All today right. thank you my my pleasure, Ben. Thank you for the thank you for the invitation, and thank you for the great questions. And it's been great to to get to know you more from the uh, introduction we had at the US conference. Thank you so much. Uh, so again, great to have you and everybody
0: else. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host Ben Wolf.